Good morning, Church. Please join me as we pray together. From the creation of the world, Holy Spirit, you have been hovering over the waters of this world, brooding, breathing, speaking life and truth. Today, as we celebrate Pentecost and the fresh coming of the Spirit into our lives, we take time to tune our minds and our hearts to your voice. Thank you, Jesus, that you promised a counsellor, your very presence to dwell in us and empower us in our daily lives, equipping us to live out your commands and strengthening us in our journey of faith. Holy Spirit, today we thank you for who you are and for your real and active work in our lives. This week our hearts have been heavy with the weight of the atrocities in Minneapolis and across the United States. Father, we pray for your peace and your justice to reign over the nation of America. Give Donald Trump wisdom in his choice of words, discretion in his sharing with the media, and grant him the ability to lead America through the coming days and weeks with respect and love for all people and all races. We pray for the family of George Floyd. May you be so very near to them. May your love for them be evident in the words and actions of those around them, and we ask for you to comfort and sustain them. Help them as they walk out their grief in front of so many. May their anger not overwhelm them. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Righteousness. Have your way. Father, help us to also guard our own hearts and may we speak words of peace and truth. It's so easy to be caught up in what we read and see through the media but Lord, may we spend more time bringing those involved to your throne and lifting them to you, asking for your will to be done in your world. For the police departments and leaders across America, we pray for protection and peace. Where there is fear, we ask for your love to abound. Where there's confusion and hurt, Jesus, please pour out your grace. For those who have acted out of the evil in their hearts, we pray for mercy. Please be with all those affected directly by these atrocities. We pray for peace across America as people are caught up in riots and violence. In a country where so many are already struggling with COVID-19 and the healthcare system is under so much pressure, please enable the resources and medical aid to go to all those who desperately need it. Lord, we know also that this past week was another opportunity to acknowledge and honour the traditional owners of our beautiful land. In our lives, help us to be a voice of reconciliation and renewal in the relationships with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. Looking around us, we see so many examples of things that are broken or wrong, but Lord, you teach us to lift our eyes to you and to seek to see things as you see them. Give us your hope and joy so that we can encourage and support those around us. Finally, we bring before you our local community. As social restrictions slowly lift, please prepare our hearts and minds for relating differently to those around us. Help each of us to know which of the changes we've made we should keep. Protect us from falling into the trap of fear. Instead, give us the gift of faith that we may step with confidence into each new day. Assured of your faithfulness, refreshed by your spirit and filled anew with the hope of the good news of the gospel. Show us how to reach those around us more effectively. Fill us with creativity and a hunger to live out our faith with realness and honesty. 
We pray, Father, that you would pour out your Spirit as you did at Pentecost, so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. A powerful reminder um, about what God has done in Scripture through times of sheltering, through times uh, of, of isolation. And a great, again, a great reminder that what God has done in the past, he can do again. And, and also the reminder that what we see in Scripture and, and what takes place, uh, particularly for the apostles in the New Testament, some people think, well, that was just for a time and a place then and there. And it has no bearing on now. No, uh, as, as Christians living uh, in this day and age, uh, all is available to you and I as well. And as we focus on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit this morning, uh, it's certainly been my prayer that out of this morning, that we would all experience something fresh and something new, that God would be doing something uh, in our lives and in our homes and in our church out of this time. And I'm believing that this morning is going to be pivotal uh, in that, in that he's going to be doing a work in us, that his spirit is going to be uh, shed upon us and afresh on our lives uh, this morning as we wait on him, as the disciples uh, waited on him too. So just a, a bit of a, um, a, a, just to let parents know, uh, after my message, we're actually going to be uh, having a time in our service that's going to be a bit different and a bit creative, but we're going to be waiting on the Lord and asking the Spirit to actually be filling our lives and filling our homes. And so in order to do that, we're actually going to be still and we're going to be just simply uh, waiting on the Spirit to move. Now, in order for that to happen, it's important that we perhaps get rid of distractions and, and things that might uh, cause us to, to take our eyes off uh, that prayer and that moment. And so perhaps if you have young kids, you might want to be preparing something for them to do, uh, maybe in another room, some colouring in or something like that. Uh, perhaps the older kids who can engage with this and that you feel uh, that they would be able to, to run with that, this is certainly for them too. Uh, the Holy Spirit is for all people, young and old. But I just wanted to put that out there to, to begin with, just to, to, to warn you that that's coming and to prepare for that as we uh, look to what the Spirit is doing. So today is Pentecost in our church calendar. Uh, and so once a year, uh, Pentecost comes around just like once a year. Easter comes around once a year. Christmas comes around. Um, but the, the thing that I want to just say right off the bat is that, that Pentecost is not an annual event. Uh, we celebrate it and we, we focus on it perhaps once a year like we do Easter or Christmas. But Pentecost is an event that happened and that happens in our lives that, that changes our, our day and changes our lives every day and every moment of every day. See, when we celebrate Christmas, we, we bring out the, the uh, decorations and the tree and we have, have festivities. And then when it's over, we put the decorations back in the cupboard uh, waiting for that one more year next year when we can bring them out again. And if we're not too careful, we can uh, approach the Holy Spirit in the same way. That once a year, perhaps when we focus on Pentecost and we tell the story and we, we retell the story and talk about what happened uh, to the apostles that day in the upper room, 
uh, we can simply bring out the decorations and, and talk about it and celebrate it. But if we're not too careful, we can be putting the decorations back uh, in the cupboard, waiting for the next moment, for the next time. The thing about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit is that we can celebrate with the decorations every day, that we keep the decorations up, that we keep the tree up, we keep the joy up, we keep the uh, experience up as we uh, walk in and are filled with the Spirit daily and as He empowers us for the task that He has in our lives. And so that's really kind of where I'm heading with the message this morning. Let's not put the Spirit in the cupboard with the decorations once a year, but let's walk with Him daily. Let's be asked to be filled with His presence daily as He uh, empowers us for what He has for us. But you, you might have been, perhaps like me as a, as a young person, confused about who the Holy Spirit is and, and the role of the Holy Spirit, whether that be through uh, your own upbringing, or the culture of the church perhaps you've been part of. Uh, maybe the only time you really heard the Holy Spirit was at the end of the prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and the, of the Holy Spirit. Um, there's a great story of a, a Japanese man who came to faith uh, after a missionary went to Japan and, and he said, I understand uh, Father God and I understand Son God, but Bird God, I don't understand. <laughs> and we can be a bit confused like that when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, so I want to be looking at uh, who the Spirit is this morning and looking at uh, some scriptures I'm going to be focusing uh, before Pentecost and after Pentecost. I'm not going to be focusing on Pentecost itself uh, at the running the risk of what I've just talked about earlier. And uh, I want us to see that the, the Spirit is actually a person. Uh, the, the Spirit is a person who works in our lives, who is part of the triune God that we worship. And Jo mentioned in her prayer this morning that the Spirit was at work in creation. The Spirit was at work uh, who came upon particular people at particular times for particular purposes in the Old Testament. And then, of course, uh, in the New Testament, the disciples are waiting, and just as Jesus uh, said it would happen, uh, the Spirit comes upon the disciples and empowers them for the ministry that uh, they have. And so Jesus, uh, he says to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, he says, he says this, he says to them, you will receive power. He doesn't say you will receive a good time. He doesn't receive good vibes. You will receive feeling uh, positive about your accomplishments. He says, no, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I just want to talk about that just for a moment. You see, so many of us, uh, when it comes to uh, the second part of that, we believe that we're called to be witnesses. We believe that we're called to share our faith. And we go out into the world. But the, the, the issue is sometimes we strive in our own strength. We think, I've got this. I'm able to do what Jesus has commanded me to do and to share my faith with others. And so we go out with all gusto and with good intentions and with much passion. And yet we're working in our own strength. We're working in our own power to bring about those things. Jesus says you will receive 
power in order that you would be enabled to do that task that is before you. I know for me, uh, in my life, certainly, sometimes I've been, been passionate and, and fueled up to share my faith uh, with those around me. And I go out and sometimes I, I even fail miserably. And sometimes that causes me to retreat and to go back. But it's a good reminder in those times, have I been reliant on the Spirit's power to be at work in me, to outwork those things that He is asking me to do? There was this story of a of a. Of a, a a pastor who was on a, a bushwalk and he came across an old mill that had one of those uh, wheels on the outside that powered the grinder to grind the flour on the, on the inside. And he said he, he came to this mill wheel and he saw this amazing physique of, of a man uh, who was tall and strong and he was actually pushing this wheel and turning the crank and causing the wheel to go around and he was amazed at the strength of this man to, to turn this massive, huge wheel uh, at this wheelhouse. And as he got closer, he, he realized his error, that the man wasn't actually a real man, but made of wood. And it was actually the water that was flowing and hitting the wheel that was the power that caused the big wheel to turn and that he was just simply connected to the wheel and that made him turn around and, and made him move. And that's a simple illustration, but the simple point that the power of the Spirit is at work in our lives to cause us to move, to cause us to outwork the purposes that God has for our lives. And we're not the ones who are pushing and making it happen, but the Holy Spirit that is alive in us is that power, uh, the, the water that flows down from heaven, the heavenly uh, power that comes into our lives and drives the wheel around. In fact, Jesus says when he promises the Holy Spirit in the famous passage in John chapter 14, he says this. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now, that word there, advocate, is the Greek word paraclete and it's a really difficult uh, word to translate. Uh, many of your translations, you might have been used to the word comforter or helper. Uh, but that that word might also be uh, translated the one who fights alongside you, uh, perhaps in a battle back to back. Uh, and so Jesus, uh, Jesus is saying, I'm going to leave you disciples, but don't be afraid because uh, as my physical presence is gone, there will be another advocate, as in I am an advocate now, I am your battle partner, I am your helper, your comforter. But as I go uh, back to the Father, uh, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. It will be another one of those who will help you. He will be the one uh, who you can rely on. He is your comforter. He is your helper. He is your advocate. He is your battle partner uh, when it comes to the things that we are outworking in our lives. So the power that we have doesn't come from us. It comes from the Spirit that is inside of us. And of course, this is exactly what happened to the disciples. The disciples were sitting there in Jerusalem, uh, probably scared, afraid that the uh, religious leaders uh, were, were rounding up uh, these, the last of the, the Christians. Well, they weren't Christians yet. The, the church hadn't yet been born. They're just the followers of Jesus. And they're, they're sitting there hiding and they're scared. They're intimidated. They're frightened. And something happened to those disciples 
because after that, there was no hint of being scared or frightened or intimidated, but they went out with boldness, uh, declaring and preaching and doing marvelous signs and wonders. And so something happened to this group of disciples. And what was it? It was the coming of the Holy Spirit. As they waited on the Spirit, the Spirit descended upon them and it empowered them for the task and for the ministry that Jesus had for them. So I want to focus on one of those disciples this morning and bring out something very interesting in Luke's description of the, the Apostle uh, Stephen. So it says in, uh, I'll just give a bit of a background to this. Um, uh, as, as the, the church was, was um, happening, uh, the, the church was supporting some of the widows uh, who were unable to support themselves. And there was becoming a bit of a, a dis, dis, disagreement between uh, the, the Hebrew-speaking Jews and the Greek-speaking Jews about who gets more support. And there's a bit of a hint of racism starting to happen. And so the, the, the group get together and they say, how are we going to sort this out? And they agree that they need to have some administrators to help administrate uh, this uh, help to the widows. And so they agree that they need someone full of wisdom and someone full of the Holy Spirit. And so it says here in Acts chapter 6, they choose C Stephen. Um, and they chose Stephen, and it says, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that he is described in that way. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was described as a man full of faith, you know, I'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, I'd be pretty chuffed with that achievement if someone described me in that way. And yet we go to the length of describing Stephen, not only as a full of man full of faith, but a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and the Holy Spirit. You see, I think many of us live our lives full of faith and passion, full of faith and wisdom, full of faith and intellect, full of faith and goodwill. Uh, but we miss out on being full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. In fact, as Acts um, goes on to describe the Apostle Stephen, it says that he does wonderful signs and wonders and he is able to respond to people's questions with great um, wisdom and, and wonderful words. It's all there in Acts chapter 6 and 7. I encourage you to, to read it perhaps later today. But it's all fueled by the Holy Spirit that is at work in Stephen. And so that we have this picture of, of Stephen as a man full of faith and the Spirit. And you might say, well, that might just be a, a description of Stephen. Well, let's turn to Acts 11 where it talks about Barnabas. And it describes Barnabas as he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. It's just swapped around there. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord through his ministry. Again, here's a description of one of the apostles after the point of Pentecost. He is a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And you might say, well, maybe that's Stephen and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 13, it talks about all of the disciples, it says, and all the disciples were filled with joy and 
with the Holy Spirit. Now I want to say that this infilling of the Spirit is not just for the disciples, it is for you and me. And you might be saying, uh, are you um, perhaps questioning whether the Spirit is at work in my life? Uh, are you saying that the Spirit is not uh, in me if I am a follower of Jesus? I'm certainly uh, not saying that. The Bible is very clear that we cannot call upon the name of the Lord unless it is by the Spirit that is at work within us. And so the Spirit is at work in our salvation and the Spirit is the one who actually seals the deal and seals that for us in our lives. But there is a difference between having the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. There is a difference between simply having the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. Uh, when Joe and I had our first home, we had a, a gas heater, uh, a water um, heater on the, on the wall, and it had a little pilot light on it. And uh, if the pilot light went out, we'd have to go light it again. But the pilot light remained on at all times. But it was only when you turned on the hot water tap that all of a sudden it completely lit up and really heated up the, the copper pipe which made the hot water flow through it. And so many of us as, as Christians as walking uh, this, this life of faith uh, walk around with the pilot light on and that's wonderful. But perhaps we never experience or maybe we miss out on having the tap fully turned on and being fully filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, there was a great story that came out of the United States just recently about uh, the police force there that got hold of a, a fleet of uh, Tesla electronic cars. The thing about uh, electric cars and the high-powered ones is that they are able to accelerate incredibly quick, much faster than a petrol engine. And so this is obviously good for pursuit and catching criminals. And so the police got a whole fleet of these high-performance Tesla cars. And there was a story of a policeman being in chase of, of a criminal, and they're, they're chasing the cars. And the, the radio went back to base saying, um, guys, I think I'm going to run out of battery. <laughs> and sure enough, halfway through the chase, the car runs out of battery and the criminals get away. And when they investigated what had actually happened, uh, the, the previous um, policeman team that used the car, they're supposed to bring it back and overnight they're supposed to charge it so that it's ready for the next day of um, police work. And, and the couple of policemen forgot to put it on charge and so the next guy got in the car and drove it, not realising that the charge was actually only on half charge. And of course, being on a half charge, it didn't last the distance. See, the car wasn't fully charged for its purpose. And in the same way, unless we are fully charged, uh, we, we too can be a bit like uh, that police car and, and run out of steam. See, that car is designed for pursuit. It's designed for high performance. It's designed to go fast. But in order to do that, it needs to be fully charged. Without it, it's just simply an empty shell of rubber and metal and plastic. And it needs that fully charged battery. And it's the same with you and I. We are designed for so much more. 
we are designed to be fully charged with the power of the Holy Spirit working inside us. And so we're not just putting the Spirit back in the cupboard uh, for special occasions, but every day we are fully charged. And I was just thinking about uh, this concept of, of a daily uh, charging with the, with the Spirit. And I was aware that most of us have these, these devices and um, it's, it's interesting that pretty much every day we need, need to charge them. And I just had this thought as I was preparing for today. You know, one simple practical thing that we can do in our lives is that every time we go to charge our phone and put the charger in to, to give a battery, we can actually be saying a prayer and asking the Lord that he would fill us with his spirit, that he'd be charging us for the tasks for the day ahead and for uh, what he has for us, that we wouldn't run out of battery, that we wouldn't be reliant on stories from years ago or experiences from our past, but daily, right now, we'd have a fresh infilling of his spirit and that would enable us to have power to outwork what he has for our lives. In fact, this is precisely what Paul says in Ephesians 5. He says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, the Greek word that he, he uses here of being filled is actually better translated, continue to be filled. Um, be filled daily uh, with the Holy Spirit. So we're not just relying on one occasion in our life, uh, one moment, perhaps once a year, or even looking back to something that happened to us last year, a decade ago, 30 years ago. But we're continually asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I've got someone here uh, who has a, a little testimony about being filled with the Spirit. And I'm going to hand over to Willie now. He's just going to share a simple little story about her own life and, and how that worked in her life. So, Willie, hand over to you. Good morning, everyone. This is a story of my encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's part of a journey of searching for truth, for searching who God is and for all he has to offer. And as I've shared before, I grew up as a JW and soon found out when I was 16 or 17 that wasn't the truth. So I began a journey of trying to find truth. And I um, ended up with the Seventh-day Adventists, gave them a go, learnt a lot about tithing, and which is a wonderful other story. And then I could see that wasn't truth. So I went to the Lutheran Church for a very long time and I learnt a lot about gentleness and humility. But I knew there was something missing and I didn't quite know what it was. At that time, um, I was working with Birthline. That was before I even thought about starting Genesis. And um, there was some charismatic Catholic nuns there. And we had a, a meeting at one night. I can't remember what it was about, but they talked to me and I shared my life with them. I was a typical young mum, three kids, marriage, work, all the issues that all you mums know all about. 
And I felt I just didn't have any power in my life to deal with a lot of things. So I was talking to the Catholic nuns and saying to them, you know, this is where I'm at. I just feel like I can't overcome things in my life. And they said, can we pray for you? I said, sure, that would be great. So they prayed for me. And that was the end of it. I went into my car, switched on the ignition and said, something like that. And I thought, I'm really going crazy, really going nuts now. I didn't know anything about Holy Spirit. Never, never experienced that in my journey. Anyway, a very short time later, I bumped into a very young man who just seemed full of joy. And um, he said to me, oh, where do you go to church? And I said, oh, you know, I go to Lutheran church. He said, why don't you come to my church? Um, it's a powerful church. We believe in the Holy Spirit. You know, so I thought, well, yeah, I'll go. So anyway, I cut a very long story short. I went there that Sunday afternoon and they asked for people to come forward and be baptised in water. And I'd been baptised as a 14-year-old as a JW, but that left Jesus out of the equation. So I decided to be baptised there and then. They put me into the water and I came out of the water. And as I came out of the water, all this language that I'd spoken when I switched the key on in the car was part of the language that I started to pray. And then it was explained to me that that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And from that time on, I had such a greater thirst for truth. And it's never left me, this thirst for truth. It's um, led me to Bible college, which was wonderful, learning about the Holy Spirit there and just experiencing the Holy Spirit's power. Whenever I call on him, whenever I pray in tongues, I feel that sometimes I'm neglectful, but when I do, I notice that day is different. And um, and I'm still hungry for truth. At the moment, I'm revisiting the Gospels and the Holy Spirit's put on me this incredible thirst for what the Gospels are really all about. So I encourage you, you know, fill your life with the Spirit. There's so much more I could tell you. It's such a wonderful journey. Thank you, Willie, for that wonderful testimony. And we look forward to, to hearing more of the stories <laughs> as we journey through life together. I'm about to close. Um, but you might be saying, well, how do I receive the Spirit? I've heard about who the Spirit is, that He is uh, present, that He is a real person, that we can have a relationship with Him, that He is someone who gives us power, who empowers us for ministry that, that comes upon us. But how do I receive the Holy Spirit in my life? How do I be filled? Jesus simply spoke in John. He said, um, many of you who, even though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, the Holy Spirit is a gift. It is a gift that is for everyone and that it is a gift that is available to all who want to follow Jesus in their lives. So it's a simple way. All we do is ask. 
and we will receive. So we're going to do something a little bit different right now. And parents, uh, again, if you've um, got kids or distractions around, you might want to uh, be dealing with that now. We're going to be spending some time right now where we are simply waiting on the Holy Spirit. Now this is something that the disciples did that time uh, in Jerusalem in the upper room. Now uh, it doesn't actually say how long they waited but scholars say it's somewhere between seven and ten days <laughs> the disciples waited. Now we live in a world where we don't like to wait, we're perhaps impatient, we're so used to things being instant and so this might actually be uncomfortable for us. This might be a struggle for us to simply be still and to simply wait, to wait, to wait. And so can I encourage you, we're going to be uh, just playing some music in the background just so that there's, there's something happening. I'm going to encourage you right now in your homes where you are to simply wait and just like Jesus said, to ask and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life that this be something that be a new and fresh thing that's going to happen right now today, uh, right where you are, and that it's going to have an impact on your life going forward uh, in your journey with Jesus. Now, I'm believing for three particular things to happen as we do this. Um, I believe that there's someone who has been coming to church uh, who hasn't yet said yes to Jesus, who hasn't yet invited him uh, into their life. You perhaps come along, you've listened, you've, you've understood there's, there's a hunger, but you haven't actually made that commitment to actually ask him to be your Lord and Saviour. In this moment, I'm believing that you're going to say a prayer, something along the lines of, Lord, I want you in my life. Forgive me for the wrongs that I've done. Thank you that you love me. I invite you now to be my Lord and Saviour. And as you pray that prayer, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and that you are going to feel his presence and it's often a warm uh, presence that can't be explained in any other way. And I believe that that's going to happen for you this morning. The second thing is that uh, there have been particular people who have been uh, longing for particular gifts uh, as they are stepping up into areas of ministry. I've been talking to a number of you uh, as we've been just sharing and relating about uh, your, your role in the life of the church. And there's been this hunger, this desire to be empowered and to, to receive particular gifts to enable you to, be, to have that power that we're talking about, the, the driving force behind uh, being able to minister. And so I'm believing that the Lord's going to impart those gifts to you today. And that you're going to receive that. And some, for some of you, that is going to be the gifts of tongues, uh, like Willie just shared. And it's going to simply come upon you and you're going to simply um, be speaking in tongues this morning. The third thing is, and, and this is what I'm really excited about, as we wait on the Spirit and as we invi have, have invited Him in part of our services today, that we're actually going to see some of the gifts exercised. And some of you might receive some pictures, some scriptures perhaps, perhaps a word of knowledge. Uh, you're going to really sense something from the Spirit as he, he speaks to you this morning. And that is going to be something that is used for the body. You see, when, when the Spirit gives us gifts, it's not for us. It's not that we uh, can say we're ticking something off on a, <laughs> or whatever. 
It's to enable us to actually exercise those gifts and bless others and encourage others. And so that's what's going to happen this morning. As we wait on the Lord and as we ask the Spirit to move uh, in our homes, even though we're separate, we're united by the Spirit. As we do that, you're going to receive certain things. And I'll encourage you to simply text those through to me so that we can share those afterwards and we can really be uh, working in and ministering in the Spirit this morning. So uh, now is the time to do that. And then uh, as we come out of it, we're going to just simply uh, sing a song. So if you're still feeling like you, you need more time to be waiting, you don't necessarily need to sing. Uh, you might want to enter into a position of uh, openness. You might want to stand and open your arms. You might want to kneel uh, before the Lord right now and encourage you to do that. We're going to simply just put on a backing track and let's just spend time waiting on the Spirit to move. receiving special words from you this morning that you are a God who moves in this place you're not a God who's distant you're not a God who's not alive but you are alive and you are here and that your spirit just moves through us a couple of, of words this morning and I just want to, um, to share those with you as, as we finish up uh, our service of worship and I pray that they be any, sorry, I pray that they be an encouragement to you um, and I also want to say if there's anything that's happened to you this morning uh, that you want to continue to have prayer over, uh, that you want to continue to share, you want to continue to discover, uh, I really encourage you to reach out uh, to either myself or perhaps one of the pastoral ministry team, uh, I'd love to just be praying with you and really, yeah, asking uh, for that experience to continue uh, to outwork itself. Um, uh, so there's been a lot actually, <laughs> just working working through. Uh, all that the Spirit's been doing with us this morning. Um, someone's got the sense that there are people who are who are tired, who are who are weary, uh, and who need the the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be evident in their lives. And uh, the verse that Dave preached on a few weeks about, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest." And they had a a picture, particularly uh, of like a blanket. Um, just coming uh, over those who are, are weary and burdened, that they'd be comforted and rest in and renewed to be able to walk with him and talk with him and read his word and to be with him. So if, if you are tired and weary uh, and that picture might be for you that you just know that blanket uh, coming upon you in order to give you rest that you might be renewed uh, in strength.
Um, and another picture was that uh, a reminder that uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, uh, there's a picture of the River Jordan, and the the river flows both into the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee abounds in life, and the Dead Sea is just that; it's dead. The difference between the two is that the Jordan runs out of the Sea of Galilee, but not the Dead Sea. In a similar way, to have life, we need to allow the Spirit to flow into us and to flow out of us. And we pray that that be uh, the prayer this morning. I had another picture, and the picture was of a, a shell. Um, is, it, is it abalone that pearls come from? Oyster, oysters, an oyster shell. Uh, and there's the desire to have the pearl that's inside, uh, to have that gift, to have what we've been talking about this morning. And there's a huge desire to have that. Um, but the picture was of someone trying to open it up and trying to get to it themselves. And and the interpretation of that picture was given that uh, if that's you, uh, all you need to do is simply give it to him and allow the Lord in his time to be opening that in his mercy, in his grace, to simply give up the trying and the striving and the, the yearning for it, to come to him, come to him, offer it to him and watch it open and receive that pearl that you're so desiring. Uh, there was another uh, a word that was given and that is that there is someone perhaps in their middle ages uh, who is looking back at their life and maybe out of um, what we've been talking about over the last few weeks, grieving missed opportunities, perhaps grieving what you sensed the Lord was calling you to in your early days and not seeing that in its fruition, not seeing that come to pass. And there's a bit of grief to think, I'm here at this stage of life now and why hasn't why haven't these things these happened? And the the picture too came that uh, Corrie Ten Boom that this came out of uh, all of her life and ministry, the books that were written, the the miraculous things that happened, all happened at a late, later age of life. There, there's no uh, record or books or, or history written on in those early years. It's it's all in the later life. So there is there is still time. And the Lord will renew that time and he'll redeem it. And it's not a missed opportunity, but perhaps out of this day, the Lord is calling you back to uh, perhaps an earlier revelation, an earlier calling that perhaps has been put aside. Perhaps it's been put in the cupboard. And today it's to be brought out and to be revisited. And that the Lord's actually going to start bringing those things that came to you as an early young person. Uh, to life today. Um, I also had a, a picture as we were praying. And um, I really feel it's for someone who's really struggling with anxiety. Um, there's been a struggle for a long time. And it was at first a bit of a horrifying picture, which was a picture of a snake with its 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 mouth open. and it, And it seemed terrifying and it seemed like this snake was going to get you and of course the snake in scripture is is a picture of the evil one and that this snake 
was 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 there ready and that's probably what may be causing some of the anxiety I don't know but the the picture of the snake was a stuffed snake it was um it was dead <laughs> and it was like you know what's the word where people make taxidermy it was a taxidermy snake and you could actually go up to it and push it over and it might look scary and this is this is the work of the enemy and how he works he it might look like he has power it might look terrifying but he actually has no power because there's there's death Jesus has won the victory over him and he has given us power over over death and the enemy and and we have power in his name so even though it might look threatening even though it might look like he's coming to devalue there's no power in it and it's only a scare tactic and so allow the truth of that to work in your life and in the anxiety that you're feeling that you can you can just go over to it and push it over got a word of scripture may the God who gives endurance and encouragement gives you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ so may the Lord who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And then later on it says, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. And that really wraps up uh, our whole service this morning as we started that way with the songs that we sang and, and the theme uh, of praying into this time. So can I encourage you uh, to continue to uh, seek the Spirit in your life, to be full of the Spirit? Uh, Perhaps as you go about your day and you have to charge your device, and as you do that, say a simple prayer that would remind you not to simply make this just a one-off annual thing, but a daily walk with the Spirit, that you'd be encouraged by the Spirit in your life, that you'd be empowered by the Spirit to outwork all that He has for you, that we wouldn't walk in our own strength and and strive to do things, but we would know His power at work within us, that power to do amazing and most wonderful things. And may this day uh, be a, a wonderful day for you as you continue to live out of this time as we've waited on the Spirit. And as I said before, if if you want to Uh, to continue in this or want further prayer in this, please reach out to us because we would love to be praying for you, for the Lord to be working in your life. And uh, particularly as we want to all participate in the ministry of the church, he's going to give us 
the gifts and the empowerment to make that happen. So the Lord bless you and trust uh, that you continue to walk in the Spirit this day. And until we meet again next week, I wish you well and God's blessing upon your life. See you next week.